Monday evening, June 5th, 2023. You are listening to Weather with Enthusiasm. Weather with Enthusiasm is his podcast. Podcast edition. Entertainment edition with real weather. It is always an inspiration to watch how the summer heat spreads across the Northern Hemisphere. This summer is certainly no exception. It starts really in June. Many years starts in May. This year it started in May. The inspiration is just that it's just an awesome design, our planet Earth with the sun. Hashem made this world. One would think that as the sun gets weaker in the northern hemisphere, the further north you go, the less solar insulation there would be. One would think that, therefore, summer will always be hotter, much hotter down south than it would be up north. While that's true when you add up the summer all in all, but for the month of June, the temperature is totally disproportional, big time in regards to how much the increase is from beginning to end up north it's just totally amazing we have temperatures expected to go well into the 90s in two parts of the world well up north between 55 and 60 degrees north latitude in fact by friday in canada even 61 degrees north latitude pushing 62 degrees north latitude indian cabins canada and areas around there fort simpson places around there a lot of different other forts way up there temperatures both friday and saturday upper 80s to lower or even mid 90s in some spots oh my gosh This is due to the very intense solar insulation this time of the year. And this is likely only going to increase. The first week of May, we saw temperatures about 90, even hitting 90, very close to 90, or it hit 90, up at 58 degrees north latitude. Now we're holding approaching 62 degrees north latitude. That's here over in the Canadian area, right above the Midwest. It's actually more above the Pacific Northwest. Going out into the other part of the world, up in Russia, we have over there temperatures going into the low hundreds. For the next three days, around 55 degrees north latitude, but temperatures remaining in the low 90s, 
up to 59 degrees north latitude. So we don't quite see the 90 degree heat making it past 60 degrees north latitude. At least I wasn't able to detect it. That's something immediate right now in the 55 degrees north latitude. We have, for the past several days already, we've been seeing temperatures in the mid and upper 90s. These names of the cities are very difficult to uh, pronounce. Uh, I did pronounce them on a, a YouTube video that I made, which is totally different than an episode in Weather with Enthusiasm, at least the ones which are not connected to the episode. Weird. But we have that type of weather going on in the Russian area and places next to there, as is usual for this time of the year. Despite the fact it's usual, records usually are broken or become very close to breaking the records due to the fact that it doesn't always take place on the same dates. Temperatures are likely going to go even hotter, as we've mentioned, within the next couple of weeks. As we head especially into the last week of June, it's always the question is when will the 90s make it into the Arctic? The Arctic is 66, 67 degrees north latitude. It's usually once I see there's no more sunrise or sunset being mentioned on these weather charts, that means we've arrived into the Arctic where the days are 24 hours long. These places have about 20 hours of daylight right now. The places that we've mentioned, which are going to have those temperatures going into the 90s. Something which is really totally uh, unique this year, I think it actually happens every year, but this year it's been more intense than usual, at least it feels that way, are the wildfires, the smoke from the wildfires. that's in Canada that's making its way in all directions. We have air masses moving back and forth. Sometimes they're moving west, sometimes they're moving east, and the smoke has spread from all directions into the United States. I'm going to read you something that is from the Tulsa, Oklahoma National Weather Service. And this is actually a, a very interesting, also an important thing to know in regards to ozone and the way the sun interacts with the ozone. So we have an ozone alert in effect for Tulsa, Oklahoma, along with base every city I've looked at in the U.S. And then we have much stronger than alert up in Canada. Oh my gosh. The visibility is actually going way down and in Canada they're encouraging people to work indoors and to buy special filters and even to wear an N95 mask if you have to be outside. Visibility at times will be sharply reduced due to the smoke. The Oklahoma Department of Environmental Quality has issued an ozone alert for Tuesday for the Tulsa metropolitan area. An ozone alert means that conditions are favorable for the buildup of ozone near the ground to an unhealthy level. When winds are light, the vapors from fuels such as gasoline, exhaust from engines, and air pollution 
from industrial activities remain trapped near the ground. If sunshine is abundant, when these air pollutants build up, a chemical process is triggered that results in the development of ozone near the ground during the afternoon and evening hours. While ozone in the upper levels of the atmosphere is beneficial in screening the sun's radiation, it is harmful near the ground. Ozone can bother those with respiratory problems and can damage vegetation. A few simple measures can be taken to help keep the ozone levels from becoming unhealthy. During ozone alert days, postpone any unnecessary driving and carpool if possible. You can also cut down on extra driving by bringing your lunch to work. If you must refuel your vehicle, do it in the evening. After the sun goes down, postpone your fueling to another day. Postpone running the lawnmower and, and gas trimmer the exhaust from these small engines uh, contributes a significant amount of pollution to the air. Industrial facilities should reduce pollution emissions as much as possible in ozone alert days. These preventative measures performed throughout the Tulsa metro area can have a tremendous effect in reducing the pollutants that contribute to ozone problems. For further information, contact the Oklahoma Department of Environmental Quality at 918-293-1600 or the Indian Nations Council of Governments and 918-584-7526. Additional information can also be found at www.ozonealert.com including current ozone levels around the Tulsa area. This is actually relevant to almost everywhere in the U.S. right now. I don't know about the extreme southeast, but I know meteorologist Tom Skilling all Also spoke about this the other day on the Chicago station WGN in regards to the effect that the sun has, how it makes it more dangerous when the sun is out. The smoke from the wildfires in Canada will be causing a reduction in temperatures in many locations by about a degree or two because the smoke does filter out the sun. But other than that, the heat is expected to continue. We don't have anything dangerous right now, at least here in the Midwest and even up in Canada. Maybe it is slightly dangerous for people who are not used to it. The local Chicago weather, we have a wind coming in off, a cold wind coming in off of Lake Michigan for the next two days, for Tuesday, Wednesday, a little bit of Thursday as well. And things heat up again for Friday and Shabbos. Can you hear its own? And then colder air, at least the European computer model has warm air over our area for Shabbos. And then cooler air comes in for a period of time next week in the beginning. And then for the second half of next week, I heard that warmer weather is on the way. Uh, but I don't know how true that is. We have a setup going on in the west part of our country and on the east part of our country, which will be ideal for bringing warm air, bringing instant heat into the middle part of the country. And the middle part of the country right now includes everywhere from South Texas going all the way up into Canada. Uh, that's what a certain meteorologist said. 
and I don't know how true it is or not, so <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. And I wish everyone a, a great night and enjoy the beautiful warm weather that we have here. Although we do have lots of showers and scattered thunderstorms that developed across the plains today and might continue to do so, there's been a lack of severe weather, just only a few isolated severe weather events. That's due to the high pressure, this high pressure ridge that remains anchored right over the Midwest, the upper Midwest. What we have here is an upper level ridge, an upper level high pressure, which is around the upper Midwest, South Central Canada. And then we have the surface high pressure, which is off in the Northeast. The upper level ridge, that high pressure is what's preventing any tornadoes from developing for the most part. It prevents the shear in the atmosphere. So the storms which have been developing, although you could still get some hail, large hail even, especially down in Texas, but the tornadoes, there has not been that many of them. Maybe, I don't even know how many there's been, but there's the, the numbers have been way, way down in recent times much much different than what we had a while ago and that's all due to this high pressure which has also been responsible for producing this rapid onset drought here in the midwest bringing for the really it's very nice summer weather for quite a while already thank you for listening i wish everyone a good night I thank you, Hashem. I praise you, Hashem. I thank you for now. I thank you for then. For all that will be. I say, Moideani. I thank you and I praise you, Hashem. One more. I just want to mention one last thing is that AccuWeather has changed yesterday's 126-degree reading that was registered at Schuster, Iran, S-H-U-S-H-T-A-R, Iran. They've put it back to 119 degrees. Temperatures are forecasted to go back up to 126 to 128 degrees. According to them, they're forecast for next week. I don't really understand the whole cycle because we went through this last summer as well with all these ups and downs where they would make these very intense forecasts the temperatures would seem to materialize but then the temperatures would be taken away as if they never happened so i don't really know what's going on with that um, but so as of now that town is no longer uh, considered to have reached 126 degrees it's only at 119 degrees, but there are mid to upper 120s in the forecast for highs for all of next week. The screenshot shows forecasted temperatures of 90 degrees right along the Arctic Circle or just to the south. The following is part of a recording made Sunday, June 4th, in regards to the National Weather Service, various advisories and warnings that were in effect, and some of them are unique. 
This is just to give you an idea of what's going on in the country right now. We've located really areas in the southeast, parts of Florida, parts of the Virginia, which is almost like the mid-Atlantic area. And we also have areas in Texas here. A severe thunderstorm is located near Yancey, or 10 miles west of Dev Divine, moving south at 20 miles per hour. This one, Texas, as usual, gets the large hail. So, you know, we have the 60 mile per hour wind gusts, but... It's associated with ping pong ball size hail. So that's a higher level, which is because that's 1.5 inches in diameter, whereas the quarter size hail is only one inch. The deal with Texas is I believe the air tends to be colder aloft. The air in the upper atmosphere is colder. So therefore, even though the winds are the primary fuel to the hail and the winds are exactly the same in Florida as they are in Texas, both of them are 60 mile per hour wind gusts. But it's the temperatures in the upper atmosphere that's producing this large hail in Texas, which we don't have in Florida. The ping pong ball size hail is the main thing here. Impact people and animals outdoors will be injured. Notice how we didn't have that in Florida. That's due to the ping pong ball size hail. Expect hail damage to roofs, siding, windows, and vehicles. Everything else is the same. Just the animals outdoors and people could get injured or they say will be injured. For your protection, move to an interior room in the lowest floor of a building. Continuous cloud-to-ground lightning is occurring with this storm. Move indoors immediately. Lightning is one of nature's leading killers. Remember, if you can hear thunder, you are close enough to be struck by lightning. Torrential rainfall is occurring with this storm and may lead to flash flooding. Do not drive your vehicle through flooded roadways. The flash flood watch is in effect. It's issued by the Memphis, Tennessee National Weather Service. It includes the cities of Batesville, South Haven, Senatobia, Marks, Olive Branch, Clarksdale, Charleston, and Tunica. Uh, issued 2.13 p.m. Flash flood watch for the potential failure of Arkabutla Dam. Now that stands for Arkansas, uh, Louisiana. I, I believe that's some type of a... Ar it's Arkabutla Dam. I, I believe it's some type of uh, three states or something that a dam on the cold. This, so this doesn't have to do with uh, rain, it looks like. There's a flash flood watch for the potential failure of the Arkabutla Dam on the Coldwater River. That remains in effect through Saturday afternoon. So this is what might happen. Flash flooding caused by a potential dam or levee failure continues to be possible on this dam on the Coldwater River. This is for a portion of North Mississippi, including the following counties. Cohoma, C-O-A-H-O-M-A, DeSoto, D-E-S-O-T-O, Panola, P-A-N-O-L-A, Quitman, Tallahatchie, T-A-L-L-A-H-A-T-C-H-I-E, Tate and Tanuka. This is through Saturday afternoon. Dam failure may result in flash flooding of low-lying areas below the dam. Additional information uh, information relayed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. You can find it at www.weather.gov forward slash safety forward slash flood. 
says you should monitor later forecasts and be prepared to take action should flash flood warnings be issued. Dam safety experts with state and local emergency services are monitoring the dam and will issue a public statement as conditions warrant. Plan now so you will know what to do in an emergency. Keep informed by listening to local radio and television for statements and possible warnings. Follow the advice of public safety officials. We have the National Weather Service in Idaho that has a flash flood watch also for the potential of a failure of a dam uh, of the Port of the Portneuf Dam spillway on Chesterfield Reservoir on the Portneuf River, and that remains in effect through Monday afternoon. The cities affected are Henry, Downey, Bone, Lava, Hot Springs, Grace, McCammon, Soda Springs, and Income. This is flash flooding caused by a potential spillway failure is possible at the Portneuf Dam on Chesterfield Reservoir. This is again for a portion of southeast Idaho, including along the Portneuf River downstream of Chesterfield Reservoir, through Pebble, and along Old Highway 30 south to Lava Hot Springs and downstream to McCammon. This is again through Monday afternoon. Failure of the spillway may result in flash flooding of low-lying areas below the dam. This includes areas that are already experiencing flooding along the Pardonoff River. People should monitor later forecasts and be prepared to take action should flash flooding warnings be issued. Plan now. That's in capital letters, so you will know what to do in an emergency. Officials remain on site closely monitoring the situation. Please follow the Caribou County Sheriff's Office on social media and consider signing up for the Caribou County Alert Sense for the latest information. A very interesting uh, watches over here, which is not really connected to the weather. We have a flood warning, which is in effect for uh, some locations, and we also have a coastal flood warning. The flood warning was issued by Reno, Nevada. Uh, this is because of snow melt and increased reservoir releases will keep river flows along the East Walker High with moderate flooding ongoing. And uh, caution is urged when walking near the riverbanks. There also may be significant debris in the river channel. Turn around and don't drown when encountering flooded roads. Most flood deaths occur in vehicles. Additional information is available at www.weather.gov. And the next statement will be issued Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. The flood warning remains in effect until further notice. So there is no expiration to this. Minor flooding is occurring and will continue. This is for the East Walker River above the Stroh-Snyder Ditch near Mason. And it's until further notice. And the impacts at 9.5 feet, moderate to major flooding in reach. East Walker Road and other low rural roads likely closed at lowest points. Here's some additional details. At 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on Sunday, the stage was 9.4 feet. Recent activity, the maximum river stage in the 24 hours ending at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific Daylight Time Sunday was 9.4 feet. The river is expected to remain steady above flood stage at 9.4 feet. Flood stage is 8 feet. Flood history, this crest compares to a previous crest of 9.3 feet on December 24th, 1955. We also have the Amarillo, Texas. They've issued a flood warning in effect until 5 o'clock p.m. Friday, Central Daylight Time. 
that this is flooding caused by excessive rainfall. Finally, something which is connected to weather. Rainfall continues. A portion. This is for a portion of the Panhandle of Texas, including the following counties: Deaf Smith, Oldham, Potter, and Randhill, until 5 o'clock p.m. Central Daylight Time. Flooding of rivers, creeks, streams, and other low-lying and flood-prone locations is imminent or occurring. Numerous roads remain closed due to flooding. Here's some additional details. At 3.20 p.m. Central Daylight Time, Doppler radar indicated heavy rain due to thunderstorms. Flooding is already occurring in the warrant area. Additional rainfall amounts of 1 to 2 inches are possible in the warrant area. Some locations that will experience flooding include Amarillo. That's, this is considered the Southern High Plains, by the way. Hereford Canyon, Lake Tanglewood. Mascalero Park, Umbarger, Bushland, Buffalo Lake, Dawn, Palo Duro Canyon, and Timber Creek Canyon. Turn around, don't drown when encountering flooded roads. Most flood deaths occur in automobiles. And in hilly terrain, there are hundreds of low water crossings which are potentially dangerous in heavy rain. Do not attempt to cross flooded roads. Find an alternate route. Please report observed flooding to local emergency services or law enforcement and request they pass this information to the National Weather Service when you can do so safely. Okay, Reno, Nevada issues some more uh, flood warnings. They say mild temperatures and reservoir management will lead to continued snow melt and subsequent flooding along the main stem of the Walker Rivers. Impacts will likely be prolonged, so follow advice from your local officials. Okay, officials. And... uh, it says even six inches of fast-moving flood water can knock you off your feet, and a depth of two feet will float your car. This is good stuff to know in general. Never try to walk, swim, or drive through such swift water. If you come upon flood water, stop, turn around, and go another way. Caution is urged when walking near riverbanks. Additional information is available at www.cnrfc. Dot noah.gov. Dot. The next statement will be issued Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. We have a flood warning remains in effect until further notice for moderate flooding, which is occurring and will continue for Walker River near Mason at Snyder Lane. The impacts at 11 feet, moderate flooding of lowland, pasture, and farmland adjacent to river throughout Mason Valley, Urington area, several rural and some secondary public road f- roads flood, yards and basements of lowest homes adjacent to the river in Mason and Yarrington begin flooding. Prevent- preventative sandbagging is necessary. Possible damage to irrigation structures and levees. At 11.3 feet, moderate flooding of lowlands to farm and pasture lands throughout the Mason Valley, Yarrington area. Some low structures adjacent to river begin to flood. Several secondary and some primary roads flood. Additional details. At 1.05 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Sunday, the stage was 11.2 feet. Recent activity, the maximum river stage in the 24 hours ending at 1.05 p.m. Sunday was 11.3 feet. The river is expected to remain steady above flood stage at 11.1 feet. Flood stage is 9.8 feet. Okay, Bismarck, North Dakota. The flood warning continues for the Source River near Bantry, affecting McHenry County. Turn around, don't drop. Okay, we did all that. Um, at 1,440.2 feet. So, so here, okay, we have flood warning for snow melt remains in effect until further notice. Minor flooding is occurring and minor flooding is forecast. This is for the Suez River near Bantry. 
So this river is pretty deep. At 1,440.2 feet, water begins crossing the road several hundred feet to the left of the bridge. No towns or major roads are flooded. At 11 a.m. Central Daylight Time, Sunday, the stage was 1,440.1 feet. Okay, so at 1,440.2 feet, that's when the water begins crossing the road several hundred feet to the left. The forecast is the river is expected to gradually fall. Flood stage is 1,440 feet, so it's not expected to reach 1,440.2 feet, but it is above flood stage nonetheless. We have something else from Nevada, and so there's other things going on. Um, from the Salt Lake City in Utah uh, by the Bear River. Okay, we have stuff going on there. And we have uh, River Tin, Wyoming. They have a flood warning. Warmer temperatures will allow for high elevation snowmelt this upcoming week. However, water levels on the Bear River are expected to slowly decrease through the week as the current crest of higher water moves downstream. Sunday, June 4th. Our places in Minnesota, which also have have reached 70 degree dew points and very close to 70 degree dew points. And it's just amazing that it's happening in Minnesota. These are Gulf Coast levels of humidity and much in the Midwest is not seeing that at all. You have places on the Gulf Coast, you have New Orleans, which is experiencing that. You know, New Orleans happens to be just to the south of a body of very warm water. This is in addition to the Gulf of Mexico. So no matter what wind direction, you know, it's very likely for the dew points to get very high in New Orleans, even when winds are not from the Gulf, when the winds are just from the north because of this body of water that sits over New Orleans. We had a tropical storm and a lot of times a couple hundred miles away from a tropical storm, we tend to get an in, in increased sinking air, which produces compressional warming. I don't know if we have that over here or not, but it could be that that's bringing about higher temperatures as well. Perhaps temperatures are going into the mid-90s instead of the low 90s in places over there, places like San Juan, Puerto Rico. We have an upside-down weather map. Here's the next thing. Something similar happened last June. You know, I just checked the temperature in Amarillo, Texas, the official temperature from the National Weather Service, Sunday afternoon, temperature 60 degrees, 60. So we have places in Minnesota which, whether it's 98 or not, that's debatable, but it is in the low 90s. We have 90s being reported in Minnesota. We have 90s being reported in many states, in Missouri, 90s being reported in Illinois. Many states, especially in the drought areas, which are Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, especially eastern Iowa. Maybe it's western Iowa as well, but this is where the drought is. And I have to tell you, this is a very fascinating weather map, which we've been speaking about uh, the past week we spoke about last Sunday. It's a very fascinating fascinating weather map and at the same time if you're a TV meteorologist you can calmly present the weather because things are generally speaking here in the Midwest which is where we're focusing things are generally calm. There is no dangerous heat over here. Things are warm. Outdoor enthusiasts are having lots of fun. We do have a drought which is occurring and it's actually a rapid onset drought which is not so good for the farmers, not so good for the Midwest Corn Belt. Most of the people watching the television are not so into the Corn Belt, let's say, but 
this is except for the potential of dust storms. So, but if you look at the synaptic setup that's producing all this weather, it's unique. You know, it's coming on north winds, east winds, we should say. It started off with southeast winds, east winds, northeast winds. This is a dome of heat. It's called an omega block. That's the weather pattern. We had something very similar a year ago. And it's where the Greek letter omega, I only know what the Greek letter omega looks like because of this omega block, the jet stream gets set up where it looks like an omega, where you have a trough on both coasts. That's where you have the jet streams making a dip on the west coast, making a dip towards the east coast. That's where we have all the low pressure over there. And we have major low pressure over in the Gulf of Maine right now, a storm system over there. Uh, so, And then right in the middle of the country, that's where the jet stream is making its big bulge upwards, northward into south-central Canada, and everything's stationary. And that's where the heat builds. What's unusual is just the situation just people are not used to at least i'm not used to i'm getting used to it of hearing with that the ridge of high pressure is centered in south central canada you know usually when we hear about high pressures moving in from canada we say cooler and drier air from canada will move in tonight or whenever it is we're in the middle let's say of a heat wave in the month of july temperatures are in the mid 90s with high humidity we'll say colder air from canada a high pressure system from canada is moving in but for these high pressure systems this ridge to be located in canada and to it be associated with summer heat granted nothing dangerous but summer heat it's all in south central canada that's been happening last summer it happened i think a couple it's been happening and it happens that's what we have right now the other thing is that the high pressure system just like a bermuda high sometimes expands westward and other times it doesn't you know weather usually goes from west to east but the air mass itself in the summertime we don't really have such a strong jet stream pushing things from west to east so we have this high pressure which like retrograde it, it kind of goes backwards and at times it goes all the way really west of us and when that's what's going to be happening this week actually it goes west of us especially this week tuesday and wednesday and then we're really under a north flow here in the chicago area tuesday and wednesday we're going to be getting a strong north east wind off of lake michigan now we've been having these winds off of the lake the whole time for days and days more than a week already actually just continuous winds off of the lake yet we had four consecutive days where the temperature hit 90 degrees or more at o'hare airport last week and temperature still managed to hit 87 degrees yesterday i will point out by the way the record high yesterday was set back in 1895 on the lake a high of 95 degrees so one would have to wonder what was that all about how hot was it back in 1895 the weather station was on the lake we haven't beat that despite the fact the weather station was by the University of Chicago, which is right next to the lake. Pretty amazing. And then today, you know, temperatures go back into the 80s. Winds are off the lake. But Tuesday and Wednesday, the winds increase in speed and they go down the full fetch of the lake. In fact, meteorologist Tom Skilling is saying places by the lake might see highs only in the 50s for Tuesday and Wednesday. And we have updated forecasts showing the cooler air with highs in the 70s across Chicago might even extend into Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then Friday, the warmer air returns. But it's all the same air mass. 
that's the thing. It's just this one air mass, and it just keeps moving. The question is, is it to our east? Is it to our west? Are we under the north flow? Are we under the east flow? Are we on the west flow? Where are we in relation to the air mass? I think the danger of this is the fact that we have wildfire smoke, which is building in Ontario, and it actually is making its way solidly into central Wisconsin, and even places further south than that, it's making its way into the Chicago area as well. And if we stay under the same air mass, so then this, you know, we have these air quality alert days, which have been continuous. It's continuous days, a number of days for many cities, an air quality alert. And I assume that's just going to continue because we're under the same air mass. That's what we're dealing with over here. Uh, But we have a slight chance for rain Monday night. Only a slight chance. Really, it's ideal drought conditions continue for the week. Pretty much uh, we have an extreme drought. We already have on a scale of one to five. It's a five for places in Illinois, uh, western Illinois. That's where we've also been seeing some serious heat with temperatures in the mid-90s, probably a few upper 90s as well. And that's because the sun is super efficient at heating dry ground and the dry air. The sun heats the ground and the ground heats the air. And as we know, we've already seen one dust storm shockingly back on may 1st and one would think if this drought continues we would see an increase in dust storms but hopefully we won't see that and here in the midwest by the midwest corn belt we've covered a lot but really there's some brutal stuff that we have not covered in in a certain way it's the most amazing And that's as you head up to 60 degrees north latitude in Russia, temperatures yesterday. Now, again, this is from an AccuWeather. An AccuWeather weather station reports the high today was 98 in a town called, um, it's a four-letter, okay, I'm going to get the town soon, but it was 98 today, 101 yesterday. So, but even if you... Forget about the AccuWeather or wherever they're getting their information from. If you go straight to the airport, so it still was very hot. It still made it into the mid-90s today and up to 99 yesterday. And there's only two airports around there. For many, many cities, therefore, the official readings for a bunch of cities are exactly the same. So I would tend to go with wherever these weather stations are coming going into AccuWeather, however they're getting their information, it's it's more localized. So in a certain way, they're getting more accurate information. But it's just amazing, these places which are so far up north, we're going to look at it. I'm going to look at, uh, I have a way of, let's see, what we say over here. Okay, so um, here's some of the, where do we have it? Um, It's Kurgan, Russia, K-U-R-G-A-N, Kurgan, Russia. We also have 90s occurring at 61 degrees north latitude in that area. And the airport for Kurgan, Russia is 115 miles north 
of Kurgan, Russia. So 115 miles north of Kurgan, Russia. Temperature hit 99 yesterday and mid-90s today. That's an official reading, I believe, because it's coming from the airport. The AccuWeather weather info is has yesterday Kurgan, Russia. Again, it's 115 miles south, hitting 101 degrees yesterday, 98 degrees today. High temperature today was 102 in China, 112 in three different cities in India, 78 in Norway. In Africa, 115 degrees. Alaska got up to 71 degrees yesterday. The 70-degree dew points was in Moorhead, Minnesota, M-O-O-R-E-H-E-A-D. And the Quad City Airport is where we're dealing with the serious heat around here. And Hector Airport is where we've seen several days of 90s. In fact, all over around here, we've seen four consecutive days in the 90s. Midway only got three consecutive days in the 90s. Here's some of the really hot weather that's going on in this world. Turbat, Pakistan, T-U-R-B-A-T, Pakistan, today was 121 degrees. Elamora, Iraq, 122 degrees. I know earlier today there was three inches of rain that fell in portions in the southern parts of this country, and they were expecting an additional three inches, which was something very intense. And we also have some computer models showing that 90s are headed towards the Arctic in northern Canada in about two weeks. We'll have to see what becomes of that. And we have the Solar Insulation Club, uh, the Arctic, the June Arctic Solar Insulation Fan Club <laughs> could be getting very excited right now as we see the hot air develop in the month of June. It tends to make a, at least a quick visit to the Arctic. It's been doing this every year. I don't know how long it's been going on for, maybe just the past few years, maybe longer. Uh, I remember as a kid, temperatures going into the mid-90s in portions of Alaska, and we've been seeing it. So uh, and we, we've already getting it pretty far up north already as of now. I wish everyone a wonderful week. Have a, a great day. And again, for the local Chicago area, we're dealing with warm temperatures for Monday. It becomes cooler Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Things warm up again Friday. I wish everyone a great week and enjoy the wonderful weather that we have here in the Midwest. You've been listening to the podcast, Weather with Enthusiasm. Following the winter storm watch in effect from the Omaha, Nebraska National Weather Service. Several additional feet of snow is expected by Monday morning. People were reporting frostquakes. These are earthquake-like tremors. We have a powerhouse typhoon which has developed off in the Pacific Ocean. A big shakaroo to many of you. We have parts of the world that are so hot right now. Temperatures are expected to go into the low 130s. Recorded temperatures during heat bursts have reached well above 104 degrees. It's a rare atmospheric phenomenon. We're going from one extreme to the next extreme. 
feet of snow are falling in Japan. Right? Oh my gosh. Just Google weather with enthusiasm and they're all going to come up. For thunder and for lightning and the rainbow in the sky. For mountains and for oceans or a river running by. And I'll take you, Trabe, a prime waxman. Oh,